Hi, this is Christopher Lewis, and welcome to Dating Intelligence, the podcast where we give relationship advice from dating to marriage and everything else in between, and always with the goal of helping you to continuously be the best you at all times. So if you're looking for real, honest information to help you navigate your relationships, we've got you covered. We've got you covered. All you see is like, I was waiting for you. I was like, where's my note? Where's my note? Hi, guys. Welcome to another day with us. Jamie Villamore and Christopher Lewis and another day at Sticky Foss Studios. And uh, hi. hi I knew I should have locked your ass out of my car when <laughs> I picked you up today. <laughs> Guys, Jamie said when I when she picked me up today, I was waiting for her. And she goes, what pole are you on? I said, I'm at the stripper pole. She goes, what number five? So when I get there, she said when I was pulling the door open, she was going to lock me off and drive off. Was I was like, every pole in Vegas is a stripper pole. Don't <laughs> fucking touch it and keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> oh, my God. I just so. brought some grease and just greased it up the next time so all right guys like i said we're here hello hello we got another great episode today and uh hi villamore what's up Man, I'm fucking tired today. I know you, are. you went shooting yesterday I and know, I was concerts. On the range all day. What's this world when you've been on? I've been seeing this yeah. on social media. Um, yeah, so I was um, invited to hang out at um, Tailfest mm-hmm. this weekend. So it was amazing. A ton of um, very talented artists. Um, so it was really okay. fun. I ran into um, Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, nice. I'm a huge fan yeah, of. Yeah, that's great. Um, had She's amazing. Some Good conversations with her, and yeah, she's a total badass. Yeah, she yeah. is. Yeah, like how is she in like big presence when you saw her? Um, big personality, yeah. just yeah. such a freaking lover, though. Okay. Um, yeah, she's a really co- cool person. I bet our guest has probably had maybe some interactions with her. I don't know. Oh well, let's take a look and see. Yeah. All right, guys, we are going to get into this one today. So. Our guest today is an actor and a technical advisor who has literally done his field work for his role on the hit show SEAL Team. This former Army Ranger and Delta Force operator is a true American hero who has served time in Afghanistan and now serves up one-liners on screen to TV viewers. Please welcome (laughs) and thank you for your service, Tyler Gray. Thank you. What's up, Tyler? Thanks for having me. Good to have you, man. Yeah, for sure. No, no, it's great to be here. I've been trying to get you on this show for, like... Months. Yeah, yeah. I was, I <laughs> was just saying that. I think it's probably been three months ish. Yeah. It has been because I've had my intro waiting for you all this time. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, but you know, the the filming schedule it it doesn't uh, it never changes to accommodate you. So I'm sure. Um, yeah, it's just really difficult. But uh, but this worked out finally. Good. So very happy about that. Great. Well, we're glad to have you. And the show's going great. Apparently, it's going really well. I've been researching and looking it up. So yeah, season, uh, we're filming season six Amazing. right now, almost done. Um, and then we're uh, going to do a movie. I have no idea the timeline on it. But uh, that's the, the next we know that's happening. Um, so it's been, you know, six seasons at, at this point in, in kind of, you know, the Hollywood entertainment right. streaming world is, is pretty rare. So um, it's it's been an amazing run and just great experience. Yeah, guys, you got to check this one out. I mean, you got like a real expert here who has been, literally has been in Afghanistan. And how many years in the service, for by the way, for you? Uh, it was nine by the time I got out. Okay. Yeah, and I was medically retired. Um, uh, from I got hurt in Iraq and uh, I got medically retired. And then the two things I wanted to do as a kid was be in, specifically be in the Army. I was, you know, I watched you know, Rambo a million times. Love that movie. Being Love in, him. yeah, being in the, in the military was just something I always wanted. And, 
you know, I was a weird kid. I would watch Rambo and be like, you know, he had PTSD and I'm like, oh, that looks cool. I want that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's such a messed up mentality, but like, you know, I was like, he's so fucked up. I love it. Right. Um, And, and the other thing I want to do, and obviously this kind of goes along with Rambo is um, I just movies and the military were the two things that I loved. So when uh, the first career ended, I, you know, went to Hollywood and, you know, tried to uh, work, you know, which is a, a process of meeting people. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it takes it takes a long time. But, um, yeah, it, it finally, uh, you know, about five years in, I, I was able to start, you know, working full-time doing doing uh, entertainment. So, um, yeah, it's it's been really great. Okay. Well, with your background now, did you, did you feel like when you started in the acting realm, and we'll get back to the, um, you know, the Army and your service and all that stuff, but in the acting world, did you feel like you – were they – not that they're pigeonholing you in like certain roles, but did you want to be like, like how right now you're in the SEAL team and you're being like an advisor on this, I'm sure 100%. Um, did, you, did you feel like you did more advising at the beginning of your career or were you just jumping right in the acting? And No, no, I, I definitely, you know, when, when I started, I mean, I've never went to, you know, I didn't, I never went to acting school. Mm-hmm. I never, I, I did do drama in uh, high school, but you know, whatever. Uh, it was really to meet girls, but um, <laughs> smart uh, man, yeah. Which, which, let me tell you, it's a great place. But um, so I, I started advising. That was the first thing, and I did a couple projects, and then I did a movie um, where a friend of mine went on as an actor, and he did like a week, and I did I think three months advising, and he made more money than me. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. And I'm like, uh, so on uh on on a film or tv doesn't matter uh the only people not in a union are if you're any kind of technical advisor if you're advising doctors on er or okay. you know, whatever it is you're not in a union and, and neither is the pas so because everyone else is in the union those that aren't get screwed right why because they can you know yeah. so um, actually the, the, that project that I did, I actually had to say a line, uh, cause I was doing stuff on camera and then that got me into SAG. And then after that, every movie or whatever project I was doing, um, I just said, Hey, I'll advise, but put me on camera. So I was under a SAG contract Oh, great! making mm. a lot more money. Um, and also being protected like with, you know, as an advisor, I could work 16 hours and I was getting paid for eight. Yeah. You know, once I was on the SAG contract, I was getting paid for, you know, the... Double time, yeah, golden time. Yeah, and it gets, yeah, it gets... Um, so that's how I started. And then, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. And just the, the more I was on camera, I just, you know, kind of figured it out. Um, so I, I, I'm, I never had an intent to be an actor. Okay. Um, but then my, my real passion is directing. So I like, I've directed three episodes of SEAL Team and I love that. But being on camera, you learn so much about storytelling and how to direct actors because I know what people tell me and I'm like, I, they've never been on camera because that doesn't make any sense. It's like when a director tells mm. you, because, you know, hey, I'm, I'm eating in this scene. Do you want that line delivered, you know, before I move the fork? You know, literally, yeah, right. like, because it's... 
out of sequence it matters. and stuff. Too. Yeah, it matters. Mm-hmm. And and he's like, oh, just just act natural. And I'm like, you've obviously never been on camera because <laughs> there is literally nothing natural about act or about being on camera. It is. It, it couldn't be more artificial, you right. know. Um, and then you have to match that every take from every different angle. So it's like there is no act natural. But um, so I've I've learned a lot, and you know now I actually really really enjoy acting. It's um, you know I, I love storytelling, and and you know you can uh, a big aspect of storytelling is is the actor's performance yep. and how they choose mm. to convey. Uh, their characters you know story so um yeah I, I really like it now and i've you know been on camera for a hundred and i don't know 102 episodes whatever we're on now and uh you know i've been around the, all these great actors you know you know you had david Boreanaz. you know i mean yep. he's been literally on tv continuously for i think 25 years now he was uh, um wait he was um wait don't tell me he was on the vampire with Buffy he yep. was um what was his name oh god he was on Angel Angel thank well, you very much he I was a big Angel fan sorry yeah. he was on Buffy then he then was Angel. on Angel mm-hmm. then he went to Bones for eleven That's right. seasons yep. mm-hmm. and then he went straight to this so this he's, guy has an illustrious wow. career oh he's oh my god he's been I don't know how he's done it because it's not an easy schedule but um uh so you know. Uh, you know the other you know max terriot uh, aj buckley and neil brown jr all all these really good actors and i just learned from watching how they did things That's and i great. would ask them questions and uh and you know now i'm i'm i really enjoy it so it's but it wasn't something that, that i expected of course wow. did, did it come natural for you or did it require <laughs> a lot of work on your end so that's that's kind of funny. So when I first started uh, doing, you know, dialogue, I just delivered it. I don't care about being on camera. I'm not uncomfortable at all. And I also didn't really, like being an actor wasn't my thing. So I didn't really give a shit. So <laughs> I just delivered, you know, whatever was line was there. Yeah. Right? yeah, I would just deliver it as me, you know, I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And I, I thought that was pretty easy, really, for me, just because right. it, I, I don't, you know, the camera doesn't, it's never bothered me. Um, and so that was like season one and two. And then I started getting more like acting lines that required like comedy for me. So easy. But, you know, more the more dramatic stuff, I was like, at the end of season two, I was like, I should probably know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, so I went to this acting class uh, and I went like two times and I, I was there and I was like, this is not how this works. You know what the class was? I'm like, you can't do that before seeing there's not enough. You know, like I'm like, right. I'm like, they're teaching them these things, but you you can't do it that way. You don't have the time. You like you deliver when they say, and and you can't mess up anything. I was just so I stopped doing that class, and then I just really started asking the other actors. Um, and what I figured out, and then I tried act like season three. I was like acting, okay, you know, and uh, that was like not good. It was ah. better to be natural because um, I was like trying to put some performance in it. And then finally, season four, I realized what the secret is, which is, you know, be you, be 80% you, and just 20%, you know, 
input, nowhere to put the performance in the uh, in the dialogue. Okay. So I, I say, you know, put some stank on it. Like right. there's certain most lines are not that important. Like if I'm delivering a line like this and I'm just talking, but there is one thing, one thing, that's the important part. That's it. Everything else is thrown away. Got it. But when I go, but that one thing, that one thing, that's important. Okay. You know, so everything, you just have to know where, you know, where to act, where to put the performance into it. And But also right now, I mean, because it's 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 your character now. I mean, you've developed this character from season one yeah. in theory, and now it's season four, five, and six, which you're going into. Yeah. It's this is you now. So it's like whatever stink you put on it, it's gonna be who you are that you that they see that you you've now, created. That you've created. Thank you very much. Yeah. 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 And and the other thing too is it's you know, you're you're not in a real environment. So mm. it's it's never really you, you know, it's, you're right, you're saying things that, that writers wrote. So it's not what I would say. Yeah. So you don't have to change it that much because, okay. or you don't have to, you know, the character is, yeah, it's me delivering the lines, but it's still not what I would say. So it's, yeah. it's different than me, you know, um, and it's, it, but it's been, it's been amazing. I've, I've really enjoyed it and I've learned a lot and, uh, I love telling stories and, and specifically with this show, I'll, I'll in with this, you know, what I love about the show and what makes me proud about it is, look, is it cool to, is it cool on, you know, on a movie or a, or a TV show? Does it look cool to, you know, fast rope onto buildings and, you know, riding helicopters outside the helicopter? Does that stuff look cool? Yes, it absolutely does. Does it look cool to climb up a ship and assault the ship? All that stuff looks cool, and it is. Um, but where I think the show really is is important is that what the show is really about, I mean, that's the gloss on mm -hmm. it, that's the action, but the show's really about all the characters, how their lives basically get demolished. Like the, the um, that's the word I'm looking for, the, the destruction that that job does to their lives over time. Right. That's what the show's really about. And um, that's a very honest portrayal of, of that job and of that, uh, of that community um, and, and the military in general. So I feel like, yeah, we have some recruiting video type, type stuff, mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, we're very honest that, hey, yeah, the job's cool, it's, it's fun in a lot of ways, but it does come at a cost. Okay. Um, and and I'm very uh, proud that we're able to uh, put out that authentic portrayal of, of that life. Like, hey, you can do it, but this is what it is. Okay. You know, and um, I, you, I, I like that. Do you feel like um, because of your history and career in the um, armed services um, and then doing this, um, not to, I don't want to say overlap, but do you feel like you have some things in there because you are advising as well. And I'm sure it's probably, that's the fun stuff for you and everything, recreation and all that, especially now as directing. Um, when you leave, do you have to sometimes take a beat and go, take a deep breath? You know, it's weird. Um, I get asked that question a okay. lot. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it never, it, it never feels similar. Okay. You know, right. um, you know, like when, <laughs> I can be in an action scene and, you know, we're getting shot at and explosions are going off. And then I look behind the camera and there's, you know, a dude walking around passing out sushi. 
<laughs> so it, right. it, it, it's, it's, it's easy to not, um, uh, not get too, you know, caught up okay. in, in, in that. And every once in a while, there was one time where I was, um, walking towards a helicopter. We had, a, we had a black Hawk and I was walking towards it and I smelled the exhaust fumes. And that was like a, you know, it, that flat, you know, not fucking Vietnam, you know, flashback, but it definitely like was surreal. I gotcha. Um, uh, and there's been a couple of times like that, but it's never in the moments like of, uh, it's never in, you know, in the moments of peril in the show when we're getting shot at or blown up or whatever. Um, it's in the moments where it's calm and, you know, I'll be riding on a helicopter and it just kind of, you know, takes me back. But I, the best thing, what's weird about the show uh, is, you know, I got medically retired, obviously, and, it, and when I got blown up, like it, it literally, I didn't know it was coming, obviously, and, right. and I didn't know... I didn't know my career was about to end and it boom was over right. in a millisecond. So this for me has also been therapeutic in that I get to go play, mm. you know, I get to go play soldier again or uh, um, sailor technically. <laughs> um, but it's and come out unscathed in theory. Yeah, right. Right. It's, it's fun. I mean, mm -hmm. it is actually harder to, um, it's a lot more exhausting than I thought it would be. You know, when I went into it, I was like, ah, oh, you know, it's gonna be easy compared to the, you know, being in the military. And, you know, when you're wearing kit and doing the same action sequence for 12, 13, yeah. 14 hours, it, it's definitely exhausting. But, um, you know, getting to ride on helicopters and, and do all that stuff again is, is really kind of gave me the, um, the closure okay, that, that I was missing from the military. That's Let's great. talk a little bit about your accident. <clears throat> Do you want to talk <clears throat> a little bit about, about that? Yeah. Let's, let, let's see your arm. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so. It's crazy. Oh, shit, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Um, mm. Yeah, so it, you know, I mean, it was uh, a pretty, um, I mean, that was about a five-year process of surgery, rehab, um, you know, surgery, rehab, you know, or therapy, you know, heal up a little bit, then another surgery. And then I did that cycle for about five years. Wow. Um, and I was on, you know, a shit ton of opiates for that whole time because, you know, like that's, um, you know, legitimately because after every surgery I'd have to, you know, I'd get on it and then I'd get off and then I have to get back on and get off and, um, yeah, it was it was really uh, it was a difficult five years, and now though it's funny because um, and actually this will come up later when we're talking about dating stuff. But all the you know the most the worst thing that's ever happened to me at at one time. Right. I look back ten years later and I'm like that was the best thing that ever happened mm. to me. Okay. Like this wow. best thing that ever happened to me. Um, because I am pretty confident. I, I don't think, A, I wouldn't have got out. I would have stayed in for 20 years. I was going to ask you that. I, mm -hmm. I absolutely would have. And B, um, just because I didn't know how long the wars would continue to, I, you know, um, and I wouldn't have left until, uh, um, until they did, which I would have been in 20 years. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. they were still going yeah. on yeah. even after 20 years. So, um, 
and and I think I was I was dumb, you know, I was young and and well, you're Rambo. I mean, let's, well, you know, like I said, I'm fundamentally and, and I'm totally serious mm-hmm. when I say this. You know, just kind of like the joke about uh, uh, you know Rambo and like, oh, PTSD. That looks. Uh, I want that. You know, I, I'm a fundamentally self-destructive person. Okay, like my that, that I have a fundamental basis of self-destruction, and um, my theory is that the kind of that warrior mentality, it, it's fundamentally self-destruction. Yeah. Do and, you feel like you operate in a space of high risk? That's excitement to you. Uh, yes, absolutely. I, I, I have to. You know, people can say heroin's the most addictive drug. I think it's adrenaline. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, and and I, I live life to risk it. You know, I ride motorcycles. As you know, I got you know motorcycle. I got hit by a car oh, uh, <laughs> uh, a year and a half Which ago. Which toe did that I didn't mess see up him get hit by the car, <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, it, it, But I did shoot guns with him. Okay. Yeah. And um, very impressed. I'm so sure. initially you were right-handed, correct? Yeah, yeah. So now he shoots left. Oh, incredible. So, Left-handed and... and um, and that that but that fundamental self-destruction too yes it's definitely chasing adrenaline it's chasing like i live life to risk it that, that's how i feel but i think on a bigger you know i have heard you know i've had this conversation and people are like i don't i don't know if the that warrior kind of mentality ethos is is self-destructive and i go well think of it this way a thousand years ago a bunch of dudes charged each other in an open field with swords and axes. Yeah. If that's not self-destructive, I don't know what is. You, you know what I mean? And yeah. Like it, it's, Does that excite you when you think of that, though? Uh, weirdly, yeah. It it's excites just, me. Does it excite you, Chris? I mean, I'm just sorry. I was looking at the other... I, Hello, I'm a, I'm a cush boy here, okay? I like my cush, I like my love. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like my adrenaline, I have my fun, but this is a whole nother level that he's talking about. Yeah. It's that thing where you just said about a thousand years ago, like it was just like, you know, you charge and you just go Fucking, for it. But then you're all there's in. like probably 80% of those guys are full on. The rest of the 20 are like, why the fuck am I running towards this? And my, it's like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right. Everyone's got their different things. But I, you know, and, and the point that I was making, because uh, I've talked to a lot of people about this is, the job by by definition is self-destructive mm-hmm. i mean th- there's nothing you know running towards gunfire that, that's destructive you know um so i think there has to be a fundamental mentality of self-destructiveness to do that job and then what's interesting is once that job ends whether you you know get hurt and get out whether you just get out whether you retire it doesn't matter you're still that same person and it's shocking to me that people don't see that, dude, the job was self-destructive. So is it really that surprising that when you get out, you're still self-destructive? Right. Mm-mm. No, that's who you are. Yeah. You know, and, and so for me now, it's about um, taking that fundamental self-destructiveness and just channeling it into positive, less self-destructive things. Okay. So... Um, and, and for me, the, um, the entertainment industry is so chaotic and it's, it's, um, it, it comes at a cost. Like, you know, the reason so many actors have issues is it's a destructive, yeah. it's a destructive lifestyle. Um, and it fits me perfectly. What makes it self-destructive? Um, or 
a destructive industry in your opinion? So I'll say this for actors specifically, you know, the, 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 the mechanism of, of production and filming, nobody cares. No, nobody cares. Uh, like look at Robert Downey Jr. Look, look at all the drug problems with actors. The reason is, is because you are expected to deliver at extremely high energy every scene all day for mm -hmm. 12 hours. That's not sustainable. So it's, you know, a Hayden uh, Panettiere, I think yeah. her, mm -hmm. her, actually mm -hmm. bodyguarded her, um, which I have a really funny story about. Um, but, you know, she was on like, she was given Adderall as a kid, you know, and uh, I think, I forget what they called it, but like happy pills, they called it happy pills. So her, she, she could do interviews and things like that. And, you know, she was up to a lot. And again, did they know what was going on? Of course they did, yeah. but they don't care. As long as she comes in and delivers, no one cares. So they absolutely, that industry uh, does and has always reinforced, um, you know, destructive behavior because it just, it's kind of required to, um, you know, you're kind of sacrificing your, um, your health and time and mental health to do that job. Right. You know, and let's just like, you've just touched upon something. We can just add onto that layer. It's the same. Like, um, I can just say as much as the sports industry, um, there's a lots of different issues because it's like, you're basically at this point, just like you said, you're just a small part of the overall big picture. Like mm -hmm. you said, especially in the acting industry and in and in, in that world, because, you know, like you said, you're required to be on set for so many hours. You're required to learn your lines. You're, like you said, to be at the highest level to do your best performance all the time. And, and, and just like in sports the same way, and, probably some of these high profile jobs. I mean, obviously the military service, when you're really in, it's somewhat similar. Um, we don't know how much sleep you actually get in those sense of the words and those when you're really in it as well. So these are grueling jobs, man. And so something's got to give, and it's usually your psyche at that point, I feel like. Uh, yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, again, the, the, you know, the, the process of, of uh, just, you know, like if you look into the military, like they give amphetamines to pilots. <laughs> They give amphetamines to soldiers because how else are you going to do an 18 hour mission at night, you know, when you've had three hours of sleep and, you right. know, um, and it's, again, it's not, you know, the entire German military in, in world war two was the blitzkrieg was based on methamphetamine. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, they gave, Ooh, them, I didn't know that. they yeah. gave them meth straight up. It was called Pervitin and the entire German army was on meth literally. Yeah. Um, uh, which also makes you fearless, by the way. So, you know, that's why the German soldiers were just doing crazy shit. They, they were, you know, they, they were methed out, you know. But um, uh, it, it's it's been around for a long time on, on you know, uh, you know, the, and again, separate from the military, but just the, the powers that be, you know, whatever the, you know, people that they need to, Get the product they yeah. want. Give them whatever they want. I was about to say, you it's know? like there's like there's no means to an end when just like you have to literally like anything, like I said, military, that situation, acting. If like if you're if someone at the top is getting what they need out of all of these things to make it work and getting paid or whatever it is, power, whatever, they will do whatever it takes to keep the the, the wheels going. Right. So um, tips or tricks for anyone that has like PTSD, like what worked for you? Oh, great question. Um, Hmm, that's a great question. So 
I'll, I'll, I'll say this. So uh, PTSD, re referring to PTSD specifically, um, you know, PTSD, the, the problem I have with that term or, or that diagnosis um, uh, is that PTSD is not even remotely specific to combat veterans, nor is it specific to the military. It is a very broad term that a person legitimately can have PTSD from car accident. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you could be, you know, slapped as a kid and have PTSD from that. Your mom, you know, ripped on your hair your whole life. So you, you know, freak out when something happens with your hair. I mean, right. those are all, you know, possible clinical mm -hmm. um, examples of actual PTSD. So the problem I have is when, when you get diagnosed with PTSD, what does it really mean if that phrase uh, or that diagnosis encapsulates uh, encapsulates like this much? It's so non-specific that it really, to me, it doesn't mean anything because it's so broad. It encompasses so much. How do you go about, you know, fixing that? Right. Um, and there's a lot of mm -hmm. a lot of um, uh, a lot of uh, therapies and all those different things, but. For the military and for combat veterans specifically, you know, I I think it's a lot more complicated than just saying PTSD. You know, me, I made up a term for myself. I don't know if this applies to, you know, it'll apply to some, it won't apply to others. I don't have PTSD. Uh, I, I figured that out. Like I, I, they were telling me, you, you have PTSD, you have PTSD. And I'm like, okay, well, what, what is that? what does that mean it's this 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 and i'm like yeah but i don't have any of those things i'm definitely fucked up mm -hmm. no yeah, question right right but i don't have those things and <laughs> they're like oh no you do you know denial is one of the definitive <laughs> signs of it. And, you know all these you know smart you know psychologists psychiatrists all these things and therapists and i just went and they keep telling me what it is and um you know i finally said to one of the psychologist, I just said, look, you know, you know what you know about PTSD from college. You're telling me what it's supposed to be. And I'm telling you what it is. Like I'm telling you how I feel. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not fitting in with what you're saying. So I basically decided, screw it. Uh, I'm going to figure it out myself. And I came up with, um, and there was a whole thing that happened that made me come up with this, but uh, I, I have what I call uh, LTSD. I don't have post-traumatic stress syndrome. I have lack of traumatic stress syndrome. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, if you're a good, you know, member of n a normal first world society, mm -hmm. you know, if you work well and fit well in America, you should suck in a war zone because it is the 180 degree opposite of regular society. You should suck. Once you get to the point where you're good in that combat environment and you can deal with it and you can handle it and you can operate in it, you've been reverse wired. And now you should suck in society. Mm -hmm. Once wow, you're changed to this, you shouldn't be able to, you can't back, bounce back and forth. And we act like you can, but right. you can't because you've been reverse wired. Okay. So for me, as an example, LTSD is 
I am now calm in chaos. If the environment is absolutely level 10 chaotic, I'm chill as cucumber. Because that's what you have to be in, in a combat environment. Yeah. Right. CQB, fighting within a house, it's crazy. So I'm calm in chaos. If the environment is calm, that chaos is in my brain. Like I can't What's handle, yeah. I, I can't handle calm. Right. I, I need, I need that chaos to be comfortable. So what do I do? I create chaos. Okay. I, you know, drink, I ride a motorcycle 120 miles an hour. I, you know, um, I, uh, you know, get into relationships that I know are going to be painful because I need chaos. And, oh, that girl looks chaotic. Sold. I'm in, right? <laughs> um, and, and that's, you know, and that's what I need. I, I've been reverse wired. And so I have to create that chaos. And as soon as I create it, I'm calm again. Okay. Wow. And so that's, I have, I need traumatic stress to feel calm. Is there a, is, Are you still in that space? Yes, but I now, because I, I figured it out, I now know how to create healthy chaos. Okay. Like, so for me, being on set, it's fucking chaotic, especially when you're, you know, directing and producing and acting. Mm -hmm. Like, it's chaos. I'm sure. So that chaos of the environment, like, I love, you know, working on the show because it's chaos. So I'm, I'm good at it. And I, it, it, it fills that need. It's healthy chaos. Um, and I just have to be aware, you know, outside of that too, sometimes, yeah, I'll, I'll start to feel myself creating that chaos, you know, in, in a negative bad way. And I'm like, all right, this is why you're doing it. And, you know, once you know the why it's, it's, uh, much easier to change it. Um, but I think, you know, my LTSD thing, and you also got to understand, like, there's a whole thing about brain chemistry. Like, you know, when I got out of the military, you know, I, I got the injury and I got out of the military and I was just like, you know, I'm not, I'm normally, I'm normally so resilient. And I was like, but I'm, I'm just disproportionately emotional and I could just tell my brain wasn't normal. So I went and got an entire like hormone blood test, everything. And like my testosterone was like seven. I'm like, well, shit, you know? Yeah. Be because I, I couldn't work out for five years. And, you know, I went from here to here. And I was like, well, that's not good. Yeah. You know, obviously, well, that's why I'm being emotional. And it's just one of those things where, for whatever reason, especially in the US, we, no one takes an integrated approach. It's like, you have PTSD, go to mental therapy. But don't worry about, like, your hormones, that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> Bullshit. Right. Like, you know, happiness is literally a chemical. It's called fucking serotonin. Right. Yeah. Like serotonin, uh, nor, uh, uh, norepinephrine, or, you, you know, all those things. It's like, it's literally chemicals. If you don't deal with the chemical, especially talking about TBI, and how TBI affects your brain's uh, production mm -hmm. of, of chemicals. It's like, you gotta do everything. You gotta do everything at once. You can't just do therapy or this. Right. It's an integrated approach. Um, and 
to my knowledge, no one, I've never seen any place that takes a fully integrated approach to, um, I don't think you can work on mental health without also working on physical health, without also working on spiritual health. It, it all goes together. It's all, right. right. Yeah. Um, have you ever looked into or experimented with plant medicine, like ayahuasca, um, so Pape. funny, funny you say that. So I've been wanting to do ayahuasca for probably three years now. Okay. Um, and just with the show, the timing hasn't worked out. Mm -hmm. um, I have dozens and dozens of friends who have done it. And I've never heard anyone say it was anything but amazing. Right. Um, my buddy has a nonprofit um, that takes veterans on experiences and right uh it's common you know sometimes it's um uh, ayahuasca ibogaine psilocybin you know he's got yeah. a whole kind of system and everyone that i know that's done it says life-changing mm -hmm. um so i'm definitely definitely going to do it um i haven't i haven't yet but um just waiting for the right time i would love to introduce you yeah no i've i've heard nothing but great things and um it's you know, I think, I think we're just now starting to open the door into experiences that actually not only, you know, what, what do you get from a therapist? You talk to them mm -hmm. and they give you some feedback, but all change happens from within all realization happens from within. And, you know, obviously with ayahuasca, you're making your own realizations and mm -hmm. that's why that stuff sticks is because right. it's not just therapy it's you going within yourself um and i and i think that we're really on the edge of of truly and you're also talking about potentially with like psilocybin and things changing the structure of the brain yeah right you know healing the brain and and i think i personally think that healing the brain is um it is the real i think that's the real approach that needs to be taken with like ptsd and these things mm -hmm. because it's ultimately it's it's a brain issue it's a chemical right. issue it's right. a, you, you know what i mean it's yeah it's it's you know i think it also like um encompasses a lot of healing for that trauma like purging and just um releasing sitting with yourself um being still yeah um, right. just so much to, to take in and learn and it is, but I also like, um, from both of what you're saying, um, I feel like you have to, like you're talking about society and things like that. You have to be able to be in tune with yourself from the beginning. And even like, um, there's some questions I wanted to ask about with your arm and just going mm -hmm. in the military and like you could call it LTSD, LT, LTD, LT, LT, uh, LTSD and then things like that. It's like, you already just talking to you and listening to you about this. You already have had a center. You know, whether it be center to the way left or to the way right or dead center, you already had know, know yourself enough to know that you already you need chaos, you need this, you need that. That's already you in tune with yourself. I don't care if it's the best way or the right way or the wrong way. You already had a sense of who you are. And now where you're at right now, the one I was going to ask you about the arm, just listen to you. You seem pretty damn good. You are and okay. ten steps ahead of you know, a lot of other and, people. And it's that pretty are amazing, actually. Well, it, it's I. You know, I. I didn't know who I was. Uh, I, I basically had to figure it out. Right. And 
And no one's going to tell you. I don't care what therapist you have. The only way to know who you are is to do the work yourself right. and, and figure it out. But that's right. what I mean by that. Yeah. Because like I said, from the start of this whole conversation, you know, when we were laughing about the whole Rambo thing, you already had a plan of what you wanted for yourself yeah. in theory. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. you've taken that plan and you've, you've blossomed it into the second part of your career. That's what I'm getting at. And, yeah. and in oh, yeah. order to yeah. do that, no matter how much chaos you had, you still stuck to your plan. You know, like you still look, you're still, you're directing, you're acting. All these things have blossomed because you still, no matter what happened, you still had a plan of what you, Tyler, wanted in your life. And that's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. So your brain chemistry already at this point, no matter what's going on in there, you already had, you're, you're centered enough with a plan. And that's the start. You know, so that's what I'm getting at. So oh, I feel yeah, like you've had no. enough to you've you've had enough to work within your life already to, in order to get to this point. And most people don't even have that, by the way. That's you, where the issues lie. Yeah, and and I and I I'm very uh, lucky that I I mean I've always known what I wanted to mm -hmm. do, and and I'll say this, which I, I've been saying quite often to people, which is I I now personally I think you know. I think we all know, uh, well, I'll, I'll start with this. And that is, you know, when I used to do the speaking events, I would say, look, I don't know. I can't, you know, room of, you know, 50 people. I can't tell anyone here how to be happy. Right. It's too complex. I don't know you. I, I can't tell you how to be happy, but I can give you a 100% surefire way to be miserable. <laughs> and that is be something other than who you really are guaranteed recipe for misery right um and the reverse of that obviously if you reverse it then happiness is self-actualization on that note a lot of you know you hear all the time like you know life is about you know discovering who you are it's about becoming who you, blah, blah, blah. i no longer agree with that i personally think that we know who we are as children mm. Mm. i think we know exactly who we are i think we know exactly what we want and then I think we let society, parents, friends, all these things steer us away yeah. from our intrinsic nature because it wants you to be what it wants you mm -hmm. to be, not exactly. what yeah. you want to be. And it's, it's putting all these barriers and walls in, in front of you. And like when I just kind of thought of myself as a kid, I was like, shit, I know who I was. Right. I, I know who I was mm -hmm. then. You're your most authentic self. It's before life has, you know, hit you with a baseball bat in the face. So um, I really think if people thought about it enough, you know, what you liked as a kid is you still like the same shit. Yeah. You know, right. It doesn't change. I mean, right. you, you find new things and right. don't get me wrong. We but, evolve and grow. But by and large, you you were your most authentic self, yeah. you know. And just think of all the things that we fight Before ourselves. Before society got right. their claws in right. us. Yep. You know, like and when, we put them in the school and it starts social conditioning. And it's that whole thing that I always talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, we do a lot. But yeah. kids are like in their most like... I mean, before they put all the rules, like you got to color in the lines, you got to do oh, yeah, this, yeah. like just let them yeah. be. Let it's them like, be it's funny off of that note. And, and, and I 
truly 100% believe in both of what you're saying, because like with you, like I've always known, and it's actually, we, you know, I've told you I'm about to start doing uh, motivational speaking gigs myself on what you just said, because I've known who I was since from very little. And thank God, like, you know, my dad tried to skew me here and there. And I had that, that's where I have some of the whole success and all these things in my mind because of that side. But thank God for my mom who just said, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. I will support whatever you want to do and da, da, da. But my little, my littlest one, what I'm getting at, she's like, dad, she plays softball. She goes, she's nine. She goes, I want to be the first female baseball player. And I go, yeah, honey, I go, that's great. How are we going to get there? And so, and I'm, I'm more than happy mm-hmm. to show you how to do it. Just make sure you, if you, that's what you want, we're going to stick to the plan. Yeah. So yeah. And I'm not, I'm never going to deter you. I'm not going to say it's just for boys. Yeah. And I'll go, I believe you can do it and let's, let's go for it. Yeah. So absolutely. I hear you on that. So yeah, um, I love that. Yeah. Well, like I said, you, 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 you're, you're on point. You have your stuff together. You're very calm. I don't know what chaos we've got, gotten here to make you so mm-hmm. calm today, Tyler. <laughs> that's why he likes but me. Jesus I'm Christ. A, <laughs> it's like, I'm a ball of chaos. You're calming me down. I'm just like, I'm sitting there going, I need some chaos right now, but you're like calming me down. So we're going to add some more chaos in your life right now, but throwing the air episode right now, right? Hey, you know what? You already got me earlier today. All right. So guys, we have Tyler Gray on our show today, and thank you so much for being here. This guy's amazing right now, former ranger and now acting and doing his thing. So he's, he's just actually complicated his life by making it more chaotic with fun and excitement and entertainment. So thank you for entertaining the world yeah. with what you do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. So here's our topic episode today. It's called Fight or Flight. When do you know if you should fight for something or decide it's time to move on and let it go? And I'm not just talking about just relationships in general, you know, because there's always something that we right. want so bad. And it's just sometimes it's like, it's that we just didn't reach the end and we can't, it's just not meant for it, not meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'll speak from my experience. I, I think, I, I would argue that I don't know. Um, because you just, if, if you really knew, you know, you would theoretically do it. But right. I, I feel like, I feel like there's just this fear of making the wrong decision. And, and, you know, especially if someone is, is stubborn and, and not a, you know, doesn't quit things easily. <laughs> like, you know, I'll spend years trying to fix something that's fundamentally broken, mm-hmm. but I just, I just won't give up on it. This um, relationships as well, same? Oh, uh, yeah. I've done it in every, every uh, I, I would say every relationship I've ever been okay. in. Okay. Um, I, I definitely should have ended it, you know, well before it ended um, because it just, you know, it goes off the rails. And, and for some reason, you know, I, I always seem to think that uh, I'm always trying to get it back to, uh, the, the great thing it was in the beginning, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, um, I also have this, uh, sense of loyalty where if, if, you know, someone was really, you know, good to me in the beginning and, and, and I just feel this like, um, debt, you know, to where when things start to go bad, it's like, well, that'd be really, you know, shitty of me to, to, like abandon them. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I owe them going through this rough time or, you know, it's just, it's just, they're having issues with whatever. And, and I mean, I've probably spent, let's see, in one relationship, probably easily four years, um, too long. I mean, it should have never happened to begin with. Four uh, years. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Well, it, How long was the relationship? Uh, let's see. Um, six. 
six wow. years. Yeah, and and I mean, I, again, it should have never happened, but definitely should have ended after the first two years. No question. Someone should have taken your draft options off the board then, Mister. Yeah, I, mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I definitely, you know, and 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 that was that was that was my fault. Okay, hundred percent. And um, next relationship was ten years, and I probably let's see how many years in uh me three three years so out of ten yeah okay you so should have called it quits after three yeah, yeah. called it quits damn after you're three. staying a lot longer yeah. but yeah. now what is the other half to what are they doing while this is happening in your mind how's the other half reacting are they are do they are they in it with you at this point are you guys trying to figure it out or they, or they sometimes just don't have a clue and you're just kind of you know you should be getting out but they still maybe feel the same or they know they should be out of this as well um, I would say it depends. Okay. You know? and, and then the third one I was going to say is it was uh, five years and it should have ended after probably three. Okay. Um, you know, I, and I'd say at least with that one, I think probably in hindsight, I, I think um, I think she would agree that it, it should have ended. And I think she probably felt the same. She just, you know both being stubborn uh the one before that i'd say the same okay and then the one before that that was definitely um that was that was all me and, okay and uh um I, I you know she had no real um you know she thought everything was fine Got so it. And that that's was, what i wanted to know yeah, yeah. that was my just like and i was obviously much younger and much more unaware um but yeah, I, I definitely should have. Uh, okay. I didn't communicate that you know I was unhappy and and um, and more than even unhappy, I didn't even want to be in a relationship in general at the time. So that was that was definitely my fault. Um, but uh, you know, it's 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 just one of those things where you do. Um, I think the best way to say it would be, you know, like my, my parents were codependent hundred mm -hmm. percent. Dad was, was, is an alcoholic. And, uh, you know, my mom and dad were crazy codependent. So not shockingly, I took those traits to every relationship I was in. Um, and I also chose codependent people. Mm. Define Sh for shocker. you what is codependent? Um, I feel like that that shows up for other people in different ways. Right. Yeah, for for me, codependent is you know you're you're essentially trying to fix the other person. Mm. You're trying to change them. You're trying to help them. You know, like a you know my mom always tried to get my dad to quit drinking. It never happened because he's not going to do it for anyone but himself. Um, and so I would get into relationships with people that I, in hindsight, could tell were fundamentally broken, and, and I, and so was I. Right. You know, so I would choose that, and then, mm. you know, I would, uh, you know, when you're, if, if you're in a relationship and they're unhappy and it makes you unhappy, that, that's codependency. Yeah. Because their mood, their happiness shouldn't affect yours at all. Right. Um, I and, always say I'm not responsible for your yeah, happiness. That's, no, and I've I've tried, you know, in you know the last two relationships, I tried so hard to to make them happy, 
um, and it doesn't work. And and not only does it doesn't not only does it not work, but the more that you try and make someone else happy, a it fails because mm-hmm. you can't, and then you're not responsible for that. And then b on top of that, it it builds all this resentment that you have towards them because they didn't ask you to try and make them happy. You're doing it. They're not happy and you're giving and giving and giving and you're not receiving anything back and they're not, you know, happy. And so you resent them for that, even though it's, it's your, it's your fault. Right. You know, um, code and, and then it, in a codependent relationship, it happens the exact same way on the opposite. So, um, it, it, it just, I had to learn that, you know, I, you need to be selfish, focus on your own happiness and, and focus on, um, you know, you're the main priority and, um, you can't, you can't make someone else happy. You can't make them, um, you can't make someone love you, you know, all Mm -hmm. these different things. And, uh, you know, it took me, it only took me, you know, like 45 years to learn that. Right. The hard. I feel feel good. I feel good. I feel like I've I've moved quickly. You've grown. You've grown. Yeah. Yeah. The hard part is, is like when you know the signs are coming and you just can't, like you said, in your case, you just want to help out or you want to make sure you don't leave them or abandon them and things like that. And you're just kind of just, you see it coming, but Mm -hmm. you're just now you're kind of like that guilt sets in or whatever it is. Whatever it is takes over. I think we know. We know within the first few months. Right. But what happens is our we rationalize and we make excuses. Oh. It's just this or that. But then looking back, I feel like we can identify, okay, I did ignore that red flag or I did ignore this. Well, we should hope so because if you get back into something, you know, we we start off by thinking that because, you know, we're all stronger. We're all getting into something for the most part. You know, we've learned our lesson. Right. It's not going to happen again, da, da, da. And then you get the next one, you're like, fuck. You know, like you said, it's here it goes again, you know, but you're, but you start to catch those signs a little bit sooner, but once again, you just can't get out. And it's that thing with the marriage, a lot of the time, why communication is so key, because when someone voices an opinion of saying like, I don't want to be here anymore, or I just don't like you, or I, you just don't make me happy. And it's like, well, let me try to fix this, this, and this, and make let me see if this will work. Yeah, that's, see, that's, that's, I don't no. know if that's really communication. It's more so comprehension. So I think we can communicate all day long, but if we can't comprehend what the other person is trying to convey, mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to win, no matter right. how great your communication is. It's, but, it's being able to actually comprehend and understand the needs of, of your partner. Right. And still on both sides, it's still a cop-out, though, because if someone said that to you, like, you know, yeah. Jamie, you're just not fulfilling my needs, da-da-da, and yet they still stay, while you're going through your old, like you said, your own stuff, and, and I'm going through mine now, now we're codepe- like codependent on each right. other. It's like, well, That's the person who said that should have fucking got on the first place, too. Yeah. So it's you're right. It's a lot of codependency, and that's a, that's a different way of looking at it, And because there are different many ways of codependency. A- absolutely. And, you know, I read a book, Codependent No More, which is like the, the Bible of codependency, for lack of a better term, and it's, um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a great book, um, and a lot of, of things applied to me when I read it. Um, and you know, the other thing is that I think there's, uh, with codependency, I I personally think there's a, uh, another core issue, which is fundamentally, um, you know, for me, I'll, I'll say that as a child growing up, like I was alone Mm -hmm. a lot. I had imaginary friends, you know, I was just, I was alone quite often. 
and I hated it. Okay. It drove me crazy. And, um, you know, I took that into adulthood of, of not wanting to be alone. And so, you know, when you're in a relationship and it's going bad, um, is it worse than being lonely? Right. Usually, I mean, it's probably not, but you know, <laughs> you, you have this fear of loneliness and you feel like you need, you know, you, you need someone because, um, you know, when, when, when you're by yourself, that's when, uh, that's, that's when you're, you know, that's when you're, um, when you're by yourself, that's when you actually have to listen to yeah. your own and head. And sit with it and, and learn from that yeah. stuff. I agree with that. Well, no, I mean on a negative side. Oh, gotcha. Like when you're yeah. alone, right. that's when, you know, like my mind, if I'm alone and, you know, like my head will, will just start spinning okay. on, on, you know, negative things. So I, I, you know, for a lot of my life, I was generally just trying to distract my thoughts because they just they'll they'll run nonstop um you know going to sleep it'll just freaking you know and it's right. it's um you know it's it's kind of a mental um kind of a mental torture in a way so you know i would stay in relationships because it was a distraction and it was it was someone to calm you know again right. like if they're chaos then they'll calm you know me um, and, and again, obviously that's not fair or good to be in a relationship. Um, and I didn't realize it at the time, but now, um, it's, it's obvious to me that, you know, the fear of, of being alone and the fear of, of, you know, being alone with my thoughts, mm -hmm. and, you know, just not having, um, interaction, uh, was a, a major reason why I stayed much longer than I should have. Yeah. Do you feel like you're still in that space? No, I mean, I, I. I think after this uh, last um, the last relationship I was in, I, I definitely realized a lot of things. Um, I read a lot of books, you know, that codependency one uh, being one of them. And I found it. I looked it up. Actually. Yeah, it's a great, great book. And um, but I mean, there's a bunch of things I read, and I, I really uh, and, and actually I shouldn't say just that I read. You know, I went to um, a 60 day um you know a therapy place and in inpatient or you know not inpatient but resident you right. know treatment and um this was a year year and a couple months ago i forget okay. but um I, I spent 60 days doing you know work on myself every right. day That's therapy great. every day and and that was an absolutely uh, life-changing. Um, was this the breakup that took you to that point that I just need to go and just start working on me? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And, and for that, you know, getting me to that place, you know, right. I'm glad it happened because, okay. and again, I, you know, I'll obviously still have a lot of growing to do a lot of learning and all these things, but, um, now I definitely see the, you know, um, the toxic traits that I had that, you know, it, you know, there, there's a million things in every relationship I've ever been in that are absolutely my fault. No okay. question. No okay. question. Um, and so now it's about, all right, I can't control the other person, but I'm not going to make these same mistakes yeah, again. Yeah, be accountable for those mistakes as yeah. well. 
Yeah. So I want to know about the flip side to all this, you know, like with the younger generation as well. Amber, what's up, girl? We got a new intern producer behind <laughs> yeah. the helm right there right what's now. What's up to our new intern? This, 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 our new intern called me sir today. I go, oh, 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 oh. first of all, <laughs> don't ever call me sir. <laughs> she didn't call me ma'am. <laughs> That's what I wanted to call you ma'am. But Amber, how old are you, if I may ask? I'm 23. All right. So here's so here's what I want to do the flip side on this, because I feel like the younger generation is more used to being by themselves. And because of technology and social media and all these things like that. Amber, would you agree with that? Or do you still, I know you're social, but are you looking to get, you know, no, no one's looking to get serious or like to really lock it down at the, the younger generation anymore. What do you think about that? So the funny thing is, is I'm dating right now. Okay. So How's I, that going for you? Um, it's going good so far. Um, a lot of our like ups and downs is basically the same thing as um, Tyler has been saying mm -hmm. is like he was a veteran before mm -hmm. and since he was in the battlefield and since he is now back in reality he can't process it as well. right so wow. normally he's home a lot and he plays video games the ba basically balance out like his form of chaos to disconnect yeah. Yeah. right yeah it, 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 is it a form of or a way for him to disconnect Yes. It's like yes and no. So basically he uses video games to relax himself because okay. that's the only way that he can relax since he doesn't like to like hang out with a lot of people because mm. of his situation. Have you guys seen like Black Hawk Down? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So basically he did that. Okay. So wow. that was his job. Right. And all of that. So he yeah. basically uses video games to just escape reality or when we're both having like our bad days he uses video games to give me space okay so Got that it. that's relatable then like and then are you guys more along the lines of open relationship or fully committed fully committed okay. i love that because i think that's a common thing to yeah. now with um the younger generation okay. See, is I, they have the open relationship this is what i want to know right with the open relationship and once again i know like even for our other producer, Travis, who always talks about, he just landed his girlfriend, but it's just that thing where I feel like- I can't it's wait just to fucking meet her. Look at Travis over there. <laughs> so handsome. You know, and I don't, and you you probably with, with your field of work and everything as well, I I feel like the younger generation is still, like they, they, they hang out more in groups. I mean, we all did as a younger generation, but I feel like they're not in that much of a hurry to get tied down. They're not in a hurry to get married. You know, they're using that time to just be, and it's, yeah, you know, it's changed a lot. Yeah, don't you wanna run around and be single? Um, are you more comfortable in a relationship? I, I really am. Yeah. I, 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 and, and, you know, I, I, I'm working on this, but you know, I, I go crazy when I'm single. Mm. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm not a healthy person when I'm single. <laughs> I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. See, and he you. owns up to that, which I, is great. Yeah. Though. I go crazy. Yeah. I, I just. And that's okay. I mean, I think that's totally fine because once again, it's not that you're 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 you know solely monogamous. You just know yourself well yeah. enough to know that you're better at being with someone, and that's probably why work is so good for you right now too. And you handling all the different hats in the war in your career because it's keeping you so busy right now. You know that it, it's squashing all that extra noise in your life. Yeah. Well, and and something I'll say too that I I learned when I was in the therapy, which. I never thought I would say, but you know, I basically realized that I'm a sex addict. Mm. You know, I didn't even know right. what exactly that meant. I thought it meant something very different than it does. And then when I'm, when I was reading what it is, I was like, oh shit, yeah, 
yep, yep. You know, and and so so that diagnosis is correct. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely. You know, I have an addictive personality yeah. in in general. You know, I'm addicted to adrenaline. I'm you know addicted to all these different things. Um, and, and again, I think the core of addiction is self-destruction. Mm -hmm. Uh, so is it really shocking that so many warriors are, have addictive issues? I don't think so because that's a self-destructive, that's a side effect of self-destruction. Um, and also self-destruction is interesting because how do I justify self-destruction? Well, I justify it because you don't get better by being comfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we you, grow yeah. when we're... We grow when, like, the further I take, the lower I take myself, mm -hmm. the more I learn about myself and the more I grow. Okay. So I justify self-destruction as self-improvement. Mm. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah that's, I that's always say if, you, if you're seeking growth, you better get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Because right. that's what, what it fucking requires yeah. to level up. Yep, yeah. and now I am so comfortable with discomfort that if I'm comfortable, I, I what's next? It, it doesn't. It makes me feel. Then weird what? And what I are you it. doing next? Exactly, I'm I'm wasting my time, and and you know, so the the sex addiction part though is really, you know, when I'm single, I just fucking go bananas. Yeah, like, and again, I fully admit, like, I, I do not do well being single, so. Um, and a, a weird thing is, you know, I was in two open relationships and I didn't like it, which right. is weird because you'd think I would, but I just, I'm just not wired for it. Mm. Um, so I prefer, you know, to, to be in a, a monogamous relationship and, and, uh, you know, I just want to, I, I want the Bonnie to my Clyde. Oh, I like that. You know, yeah. I want I want yeah. a, a ride or die who's just down for anything. And, and um, you know, I, I want a life partner, you know, someone to do life with as a team. And um, and that's and that just kind of like, you know, again, is that. Is that healthy wanting to be, in, you know, like I I'm better in a relationship mm. You know, I don't know. Probably not. I probably need to to figure out some, you know. Uh, no, I I feel like I operate at a higher level when I'm in a committed relationship. Yes, yeah. See, I, I, this I coming feel, from the girl who breaks up before Christmas. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do. Let's discuss that, Jamie. No, yeah, okay, that's another episode. Sorry, it's right around the corner. It's, it's fuck. I'm doomed. It's economics. It's economics. <laughs> it's like, that's right. Yeah. See, we're looking at a new light. Thank you, Tyler. It's economics. It's very my economic. Fucking my patterns. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> it's all about money. No, um, uh, but 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 Woo. I agree with you. I'm the same way. I, I definitely it makes me fucking feel uncomfortable. I do better in in a relationship. Okay, for yeah. sure. Yeah, um, so do I. I do too. And we've talked about this. Like the open mm -hmm. thing. I'm with you on that. I'm just maybe I'm just not wired for it. I mean, I, 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 I yeah yeah I, I you're a, I, I'm, you're a whore though. I, <laughs> Well, but, but, but that's, but that's the interesting no thing. Like I'm like, I'm a man whore. I'll, yeah. I'll fully admit that. And I've been really shitty to a lot of girls. Um, I have, I've been hurt and I've hurt a lot of people, uh, because I was immature and I didn't, you know, um, at this point I've reached out to almost every single girl yeah. that, and, and apologized and, uh, cause I understand what I was doing now, but, um, and you know, 
you know, whether they needed it or not, you know, I, I really felt the need to, right. to say it. But, um, but you'd think in, in man who are world, uh, <laughs> you, you'd can th- I dive into this world? <laughs> yeah. But, but you would think that like, uh, an open relationship would be like, right. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. And I just, both times I've tried to like do it. And and both times I just don't I don't like it. It doesn't okay. align with you. Yeah. yeah, it just it doesn't work. But but again, you'd think it would. And um and and I know a couple that are in an open relationship. They've been in one for seven years. And it and it works for yeah. them. Okay. So and, when you say you're a sex addict, do you just want to have a lot of sex with the same person then? Or do you crave something different? Do you cheat? Like what? No. Define I, your, like what is your definition of a sex addict? Uh, well, I it, yeah, I mean, it's it's different for everyone, obviously. But um, like for me, I like I really need that that like it's not um it's so fundamental to like my needs like Mm. i have to and it's not even like necessarily sex every single day it's Mm -hmm. just um it's one of those things where i am addicted to like being sexual with someone and Mm. and 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 and, you know if if you know it goes along with like porn addiction you know like i've you know i looked at playboy magazines when i was fucking seven years old you know, um, and actually the way I found out that I was a sex addict is because I figured out through reading the stuff, I was like, all these qualities match my dad, you know? And then I kind of was like, oh shit, it matches me too, you know? Right. Like, and, and so I think it's, I don't want to say hereditary, but it, it's maybe defi- a predisposition. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and like I said, he's an alcoholic, so he has the same addictive traits, but you know, he's absolutely a sex addict. Um, and I don't want to talk anymore about how I know that, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's one of those things where, you know, um, I just like when I was younger, I was all about the chase. Yeah. 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 I was all about the chase. And as soon as the chase was over, next yeah and again that's not uh that's not good for people um but i it was just i i could control it and each time i would tell myself no i really like this girl like i was subconsciously manipulating myself right to get stay her. on that path and yeah, keep moving yeah, forward to get her and mm-hmm. then once i got her i i didn't want her anymore and and it, it was it was and i hated myself for it and each time I would think, oh, I'm I'm not doing it this way. And and then for a while, I just, I wouldn't date anyone. I, I wouldn't, you know, because I, I didn't want to hurt them. Yeah. How did you get out of that space? Uh, I think partly just getting older, you know. More mature. Yeah, like in my 20s, I was such a shithead. Um, and, uh, well, even in my early 30s. <laughs> um, but I think as I got over older it, it just kind of you, you know the impulse as yeah. a guy when you're younger it's like fucking 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 it's like everything yeah it's it's such a relentless drive um and 
And then I finally, you know, kind of. It's like it balances out, like it almost plateaus and you yeah. just kind of just go, all right. Cause you've been, like you said, you've been through it enough to finally, like mm -hmm. anything, you've been through enough to go, all right, I know where I'm at now. I know, I know how I need to be and da da da. Hopefully, you know, yeah. hopefully we, we. I love when you go da da da. <laughs> <laughs> that's me da, da, skipping da. over a lot of shit yeah. well, it, I, the other thing too is I think that you um, you know like as you get older too like now now it's like you know even when you know being single now it's like you know you see a girl or, or you or a girl even shows interest and you just kind of do the math of time and effort and you're like nah right you know, you know yeah. what I mean it's yeah. like could I? Yeah. Right. Do I really want to at this point? See, that's the know. stuff that kept me at bay at a young age, though, Tyler, right there. The, the, the chase has always been there. Like, I, I love the chases. I love the shit out of women now. And it's just like, you know, the, the funny thing about it is that I know I've been through it so much to know where where I look down that path that you're saying. It's like, yeah. no, it's not even worth going there because, A, I don't want to I don't want to be in that situation the next day where she feels like I'm an asshole or vice versa yeah. or anything like that. I can cut it off because the thrill of the chase is the lead up. And then I'm happy at that point and go. Yeah, I, I don't see us together mm -hmm. tomorrow. I don't see us together in a year from now. So I'm going to stop this before it gets bad. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. The same I got really way. good at that. So, um, yeah. And no Christmas. Ever. <laughs> no Christmas. All right. So, guys, we have Tyler Gray on the show. We are going to ask you the question today, Mr. Man. You get the question. You've been a great guest, and we're going to dive right into this one. All right. So I'm going to choose one of these things. How um, many do we have today? We have a few. Okay. Oh, this, this will be a good one. At what point is it acceptable to send a nude pic? They ask, from the, they ask for them right away, and most of the time I'm uncomfortable, so I say no. Now I kind of want to, want to, but I don't want to come off as easy or like a slut. Wow, she Ooh. went right there for it. So at what point is it acceptable to send a nude pic? I mean, that, that's a good question. I, I would say it, it varies. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it definitely varies. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and I would also say it varies between if you're, you know, a guy or a girl, um, you know, like I, you know, I think it's, it, it's hilarious to me that dudes, you know, meet a chick one or two times and then send dick pics. That's, that's such a fundamental uh, misunderstanding of right. women. It's kind of hilarious. Um, but just wait till you hear the real answer from girls on how they react to that. That's even more laughable. Oh, yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> but like you know, nude pictures. I'd say once a a doesn't the the relationship doesn't necessarily need to have turned physical uh, in in person. Mm -hmm. But once there's you know a sexual um, uh, dialogue, you know, and it's it's heading that way. Um, I think at that point it, it's acceptable. Once yeah. it's within the sexual realm, then then I think it's acceptable. Um, but until it gets there, I think it's like it's out of context. Yeah, you that's know? a great answer. I agree with that. Mm. What, are, what do you say on that one, Jane? Um, I don't think it's I mean, I know ever you get a lot fucking of dick pics, acceptable so to send me a fucking dick pic unless I ask. <laughs> and that's and the acceptable part. I feel about. like if I but, want it, I'll come fucking see it and take it. That's I'll take that any day. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry. Let, let me be very specific. <laughs> just just so, yeah, let me be very specific. I was answering that in reference to, yes, to yes. a girl. That's correct. And yeah, were. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, yeah. you know, a girl. Um, for a guy, uh, yeah, like a, a, I, I have never sent an unsolicited, you know, any picture. Right. If I've, your girlfriend was like, hey, baby, send me your... 
you know, would you send it? Oh, I'd send it. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I've sent dick pics, but it was because it was requested. Right. Uh, I mean, I think I've sent unsolicited dick pics to my girlfriend. I mean, because, he's, you know, <laughs> You're we're, like, at, Hello. we're at that point in our lives. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you. And that's yeah. acceptable, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And I've pro- I'm sure I've done it for a, a joke, you know, <laughs> right. at some point. Um, <laughs> You know, take a picture of the, you know, uh, you know, of the key and send it to me where it's at. And yeah. Then, you, know, you got the key and then in the deep background, like, you know, oh, <laughs> yep, there's a dick um, That's hilarious. Yeah. It's, you know, you know, use it for fun. But I'd be like, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's no different than what we want the girl to come to the door with that trench coat on. Oh, yeah. Nothing yeah. else on. No, I mean, yeah. that's the, it's just, uh, it's all in good taste and fun. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I um I don't ever I don't send photos. We don't but have I to. You're in laundry all day long. I, I mean, what's mm, like? What, I'm just saying. It's yeah. like you know. It's like obviously, it's just the imagination is already at that. Just point. Google me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you know what though, th- th- that actually does bring up a very good point, and that is, you know, now in the digital age, you know, to further answer her question, mm-hmm. is if you're going to send a nude photo. You know, hey, not all relationships last forever. And just know that whatever you send digitally will last forever and can get posted anywhere. And this is why I've never sent a nude fucking photo. Well, but see, but that's so shitty, though. I mean, it's It's not because I'm like, baby, if you want to see me naked, I'm on over. I meant shitty in the fact that not that you do that, just shitty in the fact that someone might actually take revenge or something weird out there. That's Especially like with you and like your industry, too, like blackmail, all these things. So I just don't engage and I don't send them. Um so. That makes a lot of sense. But and, and on that note, for the girl asking the question, once you get to that point, if if you want to send a nude photo, mm-hmm. don't put your face in it. Mm-hmm. Good point. You yeah, know, it's a lot harder. You know, if you want to see me naked, you see my face in every fucking picture. If you yeah. want to see me naked, just don't take a see, picture. See, that doesn't of your face. even work for me because my body is so online right. already. Like, right. there's things that I can't remove. Okay. So. I mean, I guess you could like take out my dermals, my piercings, but right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So okay. And and by the way, Miss Thing, Miss 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 Slat yeah. over here. Um, don't Send ever think nudes. that you're if you're ever gonna feel like you're easier coming off a of slut, that means you're feeling peer pressure, first of all. And don't ever I don't agree. ever feel that way, okay? So if you want to send something, there's no time frame, there's no time limit, and don't ever feel like you're under time pressure to send someone a, a photo of yourself. And nude. sometimes like um like even lingerie, that's hotter yeah, too. I think, like you I don't think need that's to so be putting better. your pussy on blast, girl. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and and look, I'll say this as as a as a uh, uh, self-admitted man whore, I think the pressure on women to the, the concept of, you know, oh, I don't want to appear slutty. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I do. We're hu- no, we're we're like human beings are fucking sexual fucking dirty animals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every fucking, you know, People that say, oh, I don't, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know, they're the ones who choke me till I pass out. <laughs> right. You know, everyone yeah. acts like right. they're like this. And then when you get them in the moment, it's like fucking punch me in the face, yeah. you know? But that goes back to the Spit true authentic self again. Just like own up to what you're doing. And, and, and that's, that's what that's I'm saying. The thing. Like feeling like you're a slut, that society fucking yeah. putting Thank that you. on you. Yeah. Don't I agree. Get, yeah. get rid of that. Everyone's a slut. Everyone's a whore. Right. Like, 
That's and we were, own it for God's sake. If you want to be a like, like where was just, this conversation <laughs> an hour ago? <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean, but it's one of those things. Like, think about it. We literally, if, if you think of what nature has programmed us for, and this is unarguable. Yes. Number one, we are programmed to survive. That's the most fundamental. Mm -hmm. Survive. Yep. Number two, fuck. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Everyone is programmed to fuck. And then three, take care of the fuck product. It's a connection. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, you know, the child, right. you know, right. yeah. take yes. care of that oh, child. Okay. And then, you, you know what I mean? Like, but, but that, that's what we're programmed to do. No, no one can argue with that. So it's like, why do we, why, why do we, why are we going against our fundamental nature? We know why, because it's all programming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, absolutely. And what society places on us. So. Yes, absolutely. To no. control. Well, no more. Yeah. No more people. <laughs> Thank all right, you guys. so yeah, much for hanging out with us today. Absolutely. I feel like we need to have you back because there's just so much to dive into with you. We didn't even talk about your hat. Let's let's talk about them really quick or oh. at least plug them. Um, when I met Tyler, he gave me this hat, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. So tell us a little bit about that really um, quick. So it was actually a, a former teammate of mine uh, started a company called Eagles and Angels, and yeah. um, he takes uh, or we donate, and, and there's – I don't even know, over 100 people now that have done it, mm -hmm. where we donate our uniforms from when we were in, yeah. and then he takes them and cuts them up and uh, makes, you know, the, the that's part of my uniform. Sid, can you grab that yeah. hat for um, us? That's part of my uniform that's the camo behind oh, the that's, flag. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, so, and he makes wallets and other stuff, and, and so it's actually yeah, this part is of actually... my worn uniform. Um, his fatigues, that's, right? That's yep. great. From when he served, and then it has his name in here. Ah, oh, that's Ooh. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And, he, but, and so that's the Eagle Collection on, and it, the company's called Eagles and Angels. And then I forget what percentage. So I donate the uniform. It's really cool. And then I choose a veteran nonprofit, and I, he donates a the percentage. Uh, no, it's a percentage because. Uh, as him and I always joke, it's like, you know, it cost him money right. to do it. So he's right. got to make something out of it. But he donates a percentage of the profits to the nonprofit that I choose for my, you know, for my hat. What and, a great cause. And and there's a there's a bunch of cool um, stories from, like I said, over 100 veterans that have done that series. Okay. So it's, it's awesome. That's that's I amazing. Love that. I love that too. What do you have to plug today, sir? You know what? I'm plugless. I'm going to go yeah, plugless right. today. I'm just going to just I say. I love it. Yeah, I'm plugless today. Just, Wire, just wireless. check him out. <laughs> <gonna> go wireless. <laughs> right. So, all right, guys, we have Tyler Gray on our show. And once again, Tyler, um, please let them know where they can find you on. Um, and first, tell the show SEAL Team, guys. Check it out. Mm -hmm. um, what station is that on one more time, please? Uh, so it's on... CBS right. originally, and now it's moved over to Paramount Plus. Okay, which is CB well Paramount's platform. Um, so on Paramount Plus, you can get every episode. But um, uh, and then oh, social media. So you can find me uh, Tyler A Gray Gray with an E uh, on Instagram. All right. Um, and yeah, that's great. I love it. Yeah, Jamie. All right, Jamie underscore Villamore. You guys know where to find me. And all right, when anything at Dating Intelligence and me, my personal at Fetch Sport. And guys, this has been a great day. It's Dicky Postillos. Tyler, thanks once again, Jamie. And thank great you show. to our our new producer over yes. there. Woohoo! Thanks, Amber, for some of your feedback. Thanks for chiming in. Yes, yes please. Love it. All right, guys, it's another episode, and we will see you soon.